Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. Has Kirk Cousins ever played well on primetime? Ever. One time. Has he won a game on primetime? He is 0-8 on Monday Night Football. That is that is true. That's not a good stat. No one in the history of Monday Night Football had ever been 0-7 as a quarterback well, until he put that mark out there and then beat it and has an opportunity to move it to 0-9, and I would appreciate it if he did. The good thing I've emotionally detached myself from now, this. I already know it's going to happen. Let's get into this. Kirk Cousins is going to have a chance for a two-minute drive, and he's going to blow it. We're going to get into that game here in a minute, but first, Coulter, I want to talk a little bit about the Seattle Seahawks. Um, by the way, Mike McCarthy interviewed, interviewed for the vacant Carolina Panthers head coaching job. Okay? So, you know. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks lost yesterday to the Arizona Cardinals 27-13. Uh, two weeks ago, Rashad Penny tore his ACL. Yesterday, Chris Carson goes down with a season-ending hip injury in the second quarter. And uh, C.J. Procise breaks his arm. His season is over. One At the end of the game, one running back remaining on the roster. Who's that kid? Uh, I will I will look it up and I'll tell you in a moment. He is uh he's yeah, Travis Homer. Thank you, David. Where is he from? He's been a special teamer. He's the guy who ran who, who he picked up like a huge uh first down on a fake punt for them uh, a couple of weeks ago. And so he's kind of a guy that was his first carry in the in the league. He gets like I don't know 5 or 10 carries in this game uh yesterday whatever it was. We'll f- find out, but he was just what you would expect, a fourth-string running back, man. And the Seattle Seahawks could get nothing done. I mean, this Arizona Cardinal defense isn't great. They got some great players, Buda Baker, Pat P. <laughs> how about the guy that's Jamie Collins? Le- how about the guy that leaves the league in sacks, Chandler Jones? Chandler Jones. 
so they got they they, they got some dudes. But they don't Brian have Jamie Lawrence, Collins. Jamie Collins oh, excuse me. Somebody else. You got him mixed Chandler up Jones. with Chandler Jones. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Uh, but they, they haven't been good defensively. But Russell Wilson, sixteen of thirty-one, one hundred sixty-nine yards, one score, no no picks. That's not a good day. And there was no answer for this team when they couldn't run the ball anymore. And I feel terrible because you want to talk about getting banged up. You lose your th- three starting running backs, particularly on a, you know, it's a, it's led by Chris Carson, but it's a very committee-oriented backfield. And now there's nobody there to run the football. You lose this home game against Arizona, which isn't actually as bad as it seems because it still all comes down to Sunday night football a week from today, which is the flexed game, by the way, now on NBC. We'll have it for you here on ESPN Radio for what will be the divisional championship and then home, uh, home field at least in the first round, very likely, though, uh, it will not be for a top seed because uh, already, well, the Niners are already 12-3. and three, So are the San, uh, the New Orleans Saints. And so if, if Green Bay wins tonight, you would have three 12-3 teams. So, I mean, there's a lot to be figured out. But nonetheless, when Seattle can't run the football, it's the whole thing grinds to a halt. Mm-hmm. And great as Russell Wilson is, they don't have that many playmakers. I mean, Tyler Lockett, he's he's a, a really good slot receiver, but he's so you not... you got to run play action for him that's to be right. effective. And DK Metcalf, I think, is proving he is a real deal NFL wide receiver. He's a rookie. He's still not the guy who's just... You don't just Julio Jones and throw it up to him and let him go make a, a play for you regularly in that sort of way. You know, he hasn't, he hasn't figured out the finer nuances of a guy like a Michael Thomas. I mean, he's got the physical comps to a Michael Thomas and a Julio Jones, but he does not have anything like the experience or the route-running ability or even just the reading of defenses and things he's like that. He's just not like those guys either. He's not fluid like that. He's way more clunky. <sighs> He is. He's clunky. He's explosive, but he's not flossy. Michael Thomas, okay. Michael Thomas's spatial awareness, the way he moves, it's not just because he's big, strong, and fast. DJ DK Metcalf, it's it is just because he's big, strong, and fast. Okay, so he's big, strong, and fast. Those are three pretty good things to be. They are, but he, you can tell. You can always project guys like him. He's never going to be like those other guys because he doesn't move the the way that those guys do. If you're going to tell me that he's not going to be Julio Jones or Michael Thomas, I will probably grant you that. Do you get what I'm is? saying, though? I mean, he's I do not. I, he doesn't have the fluidity of movement. He's David Boston, not Julio Jones. Well, he ain't David Boston. Okay, we can start there. David, you're right. Boston. He'll never have a 1500 yard season like David Boston. He will <laughs> never, never be as good as David green Boston. Contact lenses. I mean, he, he, he mark my words. DK Metcalf will never have a three year stretch like David Boston did. Coulter, this is not what the segment's supposed to be about. I'm just telling you this is not a good comp. He doesn't move like those guys. Just because he's tall and big does not mean he's like those guys. He is He is a real deal wide NFL wide receiver, and he's assumed to be number one wide receiver on his team. They won't be as good if they pay him like a number one. I'm just telling you. Well, they had four years before they got to decide what they're going to do. The point is, without a running game, which is what the whole thing is predicated right. on, and Dwayne Brown was out. I don't know if he's going to be back uh, uh, in uh, on Saturday. I think there was four guys out in this game against Arizona that will be playing on Sunday night against the San Francisco 49ers. But San Francisco, they had a, a, a very impressive win over, again, a team that has really been underwhelming this season in the, in the Los Angeles Rams, but it's still a road win on a Saturday night primetime game against a team that's got weapons everywhere, and they 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 we're just the better team straight up than we're the Los Angeles Rams. And now they're in the driver's seat for 
you know, controlling their destiny and winning the division and the whole thing. So it's going to come down to Sunday Night Football. This made me worried. But here's what Seattle does, I think, better than anybody, okay? Better than anybody in the league. They get into a position where they are completely decimated. What are you going to do? Who are you going to find? For Pete Carroll to run his, quote-unquote, it's professional, but it's professional collegiate style of culture when it comes to the Seattle Seahawks. You go get Marshawn Lynch. Now, what's Marshawn Lynch going to be now? How how long has he been out of the league? Is it one and a half years now that he's been out? Was he did he play last year? Played for the Raiders, I believe, two years. It's ago. two years ago, right? Here's the thing: if you if you haven't if you haven't been okay, he did play last year for the Raiders, but if you haven't been in and around Seattle and the Seahawks and following, you know, of course, that he played for him and he was an unbelievable running back for this team. Obviously, we know about the handoff that didn't happen on the goal line and all the controversy that surrounded that. You would be hard-pressed. You could. Maybe a Steve Largent, you know. Maybe, uh, you know, there's a couple guys in the conversation, Walter Jones. You'd be hard-pressed to find a guy that is more loved by the football community, the fans of the Seattle Seahawks, than Marshawn Lynch. Love I mean, it's, it, is, it is an infatuation that knows no bounds. Now, does that translate that all of a sudden he's going to come in and he's going to carry the ball, you know, 25 times for 115 yards and two touchdowns? No, I'm not saying that. But if you all of a sudden go, we got to this point where you're 11-3, and three, then you lose to a team that is at the bottom of your division in a game that was, that was important, and you look awful doing it, and you lose two you're starting two running backs in the process, and you go, oh, no, what are we going to do? And you start to give up that hope of, like, okay, now we're going in the playoffs. We can't do anything of what we wanted to do. we got to beat San Francisco one way or another on, on Sunday night. How are we going to do this? You rally the troops by going and getting a guy like Marshawn Lynch, and it infuses an energy and an enthusiasm and a belief about what you are and what you still can be that – Flatly was not there 24 hours ago. Just not there. So I don't know what Marshawn Lynch is going to look like. I think, Mar- look, Marshawn Lynch never killed you with speed, right? His his absolute superhero skill is twofold. It's strength and balance. He is just never off of his feet. And he, he, he runs over people. That doesn't go away nearly as quickly as something like burst or wiggle or whatever you want to call it, top end speed. Okay? So I think that he's still got, uh, uh, you know, an opportunity, especially having not played all year, maybe rested up and come, come back to actually be productive for a while. But more than that, I think it's just the message that is being sent to your team and to that crowd and to get the energy infused about this football team who is still sitting out there with everything out in front of them. I want to talk to you about two other things okay. before we get out of this NFL segment. Do tell Nuanas 1029 ESPN Radio. First of all, let's talk about the other side of this. Is Larry Fitzgerald retiring? Do we know yet? We don't know. So, so he's it, not he's not on like a Dwayne Ray retirement no, 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 tour. No, 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 no. He has not announced whether he's going to retire or not. And I think that there's I think there's a very live possibility that he does come back with the Cardinals. Yeah. Okay. Second question: Are you ready yet to admit that I'm right that David Johnson's not as good as everybody thought he was? 
Yeah, I don't know what happened to David Johnson. He wasn't that good, man. He had one year where he got high usage. Go back and look at all the 1,400 backs in NFL history, and you will realize that more often than not, they weren't great players. They were just guys that had great years. David Johnson was as good a wide receiver as he was a running back, and he was an, he was an all-pro running back. I don't know that I've ever seen the combination that he had of being a straight running back and wide receiver. Never? Marshall Falk? Marshall Falk was a great... The best wide receiving back ever. What about Ricky Williams? A great catcher of the football. (laughs) Both those guys had way better receiving numbers. You're you're, you're missing the point. Receiving numbers get lost in what I'm talking about. I don't want to talk about David Johnson. When he's washed... You're the one who asked. No, I was just just asking if you're ready to admit it. You're not ready to admit it. You will come around. David Johnson will never be the back he was for that one year. No, he, he never won't. will. No, he won't. You're right. Okay, about that. so that means he's overrated. Whole the whole point I'm trying to get <laughs> into with this Cardinals conversation is that if they can not overpay David Johnson, just get rid of him or relegate him to just being a spot player, and they can get they already have. He's at, playing like five downs a game. Exactly because he's not very good. Uh, the but I I love Larry Fitzgerald. I love Larry Fitzgerald. But with what they have offensively and what they want it to be offensively, they need to either move Fitz back outside, which I don't think he can sustain at this point in his career, or they need to replace him in the slot. Because if they got a dynamic slot and they could add another weapon out of the backfield to complement Kenyon Drake, they're nasty on offense. They have a chance to be good. And defensively, they have pieces. But those I did not realize they had Jalen Thompson from Washington State. Pretty funny Washington, Washington, Washington State safeties lining up yeah, next to each other. Like, I, wonder, Baker and I wonder how that went initially. But they have they have real guys in the secondary. All four of those guys can play. Mm-hmm. Chandler Jones leads the NFL right now in sacks, nineteen sacks. So and the rest of them are just young. And they, I mean, this is a team that started, I believe, oh four and one, and now they have five wins. I, so I mean, they turned the corner and they were they've been good. I did, I just watched them yesterday. After you watched the game for a little while, Seattle did not play well. I mean, Russell Wilson tripped over the offensive lineman's feet on one play, and yeah. you're like, what is going on offensively? Obviously, not having your top three running backs killed you. But still, even with the, the notion that if you just looked at this box you said, man, that's an upset. Kyler Murray pulled his hamstring, and they still lost by two touchdowns to the Cardinals? How? The Cardinals are good. They are. And I, I said this before, the biggest compliment that I could give to Cliff Kingsbury, because we all know people were scratching their heads, and in some cases just outright uh, condescending about him being hired to be uh, a head coach. And look, there's a long way before you sit here and go, look, the Arizona Cardinals got it right by bringing Cliff Kingsbury in. But this team, this football team, not just not just Kyler Murray, has gotten better over the course of this season. And they have improved into the point where here in the back end of this season, they're kind of like the Atlanta Falcons. They're awful early. And then they figured it out. But the Falcons have a track record of having figured it out. This, era's, this iteration of the Cardinals really didn't and so that is impressive and who knows maybe david johnson once he's all healed up comes in and is that complimentary guy to Kenyon Kenyon drake i mean you get him out of miami and look at what he what you got going Kenyon drake man no doubt and i i guess yesterday was just it was a striking observation for me because if you're not going to be good being bad is now acceptable in pro sports, especially the NBA and the NFL. Mm-hmm. But some of these teams that are bad and they're trying to be bad, a lot of their bad is because they're just dysfunctional, they're poorly built. 
there's a lot of teams that are significantly under 500, and you watch them, and you're like, These, this team's just bad. Mm-hmm. The Browns, for example, have more wins than the Cardinals, but when you watch the Browns, it just doesn't mesh. They no. look bad. They look bad. Yep, you're the right. The Cardinals just look young. And I, I just thought it was so refreshing because so many of the bad teams, again, they're intentionally bad, and it's frustrating. And then when you add a lack of continuity to intentionally trying to be bad, you can just tell... You can just tell that the the chemistry is just not good. Yep. Like th- when you watch the Browns, you can tell the chemistry is not good. When you watch the Cardinals, you're like these guys. These guys are having fun. They have right. they have a lot of potential. I just thought it was refreshing because right now in the league, there are so many teams that are good that that are up here that are they know that they're trying to contend, and then there's so many teams that are just not. And I just thought it was fun to watch a young team who hasn't had a lot of success. But that you can tell is on an upward trajectory. Them yeah. and the Bucks are the only two teams that I've watched this year that you're kind of like, huh, those guys are, Wonder. they're okay. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do. So I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber-secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. The playoff picture, by the way, in the NFC is completely set in terms of who's going to be in it, with the exception of will it be the Eagles, who did beat Dallas God. amazingly 17-9 to yesterday, or the, the Cowboys can still get in if they win and the Eagles lose. I think the Eagles play the Giants and the Cowboys play uh, uh, Washington or vice versa. It's divisional matchups. Both of those teams, though, are bad. I mean, 3-12 and Washington, 4-11 and New York. You got to win that game, especially to, if you got to have it to get in for uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, who, by the way, have won three in a row. Just saying. Just saying. Uh, but in any case, uh, unbelievable. But outside of that, it is Green Bay and Minnesota, the New Orleans Saints, the San Francisco 49ers, and Seattle Seahawks. That is your NFC playoff lineup. What we don't know is who's going to be the one in the two seed, have the buys, and even be the divisional championship champions in both the North and the West. So let's talk about this game tonight, Coulter. Your Minnesota Vikings and my Green Bay Packers. Now you come in with all the pessimism I would expect out of a good Vikings fan when you sit here and go, we got no Dalvin Cook and now 0-8 on Monday Night Football Kirk Cousins has to take us to the promised land. And that's fine. No, throw the fan thing out the window. I hate analyzing sports with any emotion attached to it. My objective analysis of the Minnesota Vikings is that Kirk Cousins sucks and if they don't have Dalvin Cook, they have a very hard time winning. Here's my If they had Sam Madison, it would be okay. Because he's good. Alexander Madison, excuse me. Um, but they don't. They have Mike Boone, who I know nothing about. 
here's my objective analysis of the Green Bay Packers. I talked about the Arizona Cardinals getting better over the course of the year. The Packers have not. The Packers are four and two in their last six. They won, or they lost, excuse me, to the Chargers in that dumpster fire of a game. Okay, you can maybe throw that out of the window. They lost, got beat down, beat down by the San Francisco 49ers, the only good team they played. They beat by one score, the Panthers. They beat 31-13, the Giants, okay, 20-15 to over Washington at home in Lambeau Field, and then 21-13 over the Chicago Bears, who were just, you know, I don't know. Whatever with the Chicago Bears. So they've gotten some wins, but these are against bad teams, and the good teams that they've been playing, no, hasn't been going good, including losses to bad teams like the Chargers. So I am concerned because outside of San Francisco, this is the best team that Green Bay will have played in the last month and a half. And it's in Minnesota, and everything is on the line in this game for uh, for the the uh, NFC North. The Green Bay Packers have a one-game lead right now, and they do hold the, I mean, the quote-unquote tiebreak, which wouldn't be a tiebreak anymore if Minnesota won. Minnesota completely evens the field. And I actually don't know what happens if they end up with the same record and split against one another. I don't know what the secondary com- tiebreak. common opponent. Okay. Which I don't know where that would land them. Uh, Green Bay is at uh, Detroit next week, and I believe the Vikings are playing the Bears uh, next week in in their last game of the season. That said, though, this is a huge game for for Green Bay. Here's the thing. Green Bay, the only way that they have an an opportunity to make any type of noise in the playoffs, and by noise, basically, I mean get to an NFC championship game, is by, by being a one or a two seed. I don't think they can play wild card weekend, even if they win division and host and end up getting there because they'll be on the road the following week in the divisional round and we're, are going to be underdogs against either a great Saints team or potentially a great 49ers team. And I don't like the situation there in either case for anybody, including the Green Bay Packers. I think they need to win both of the next two games, finish the year 13-3, and three, and figure out a way to uh, uh, you know try and get the two seed right now. Now, I do think they could even do that, and it might not matter, because if New Orleans and San Francisco win out, I think they're still the top two seeds over Green Bay. Minnesota, I'm just so interested. This is a point I wanted to make in the Montana Football Hour when we were breaking down the Montana State game. It it seems so simple in the game of football to identify the, the absolute weakest link of the other team and then attack that weakest link. In college, so much of what teams do schematically on both sides of the ball is so systematic that a lot of times you can't just scrap it and attack it. In the, in the league, when there is a weakness, it's like shark's blood in the water. You yep. are going to go after it over and over yep. and over again. It's why we see when the left tackle gets hurt, it is just rush Here city. comes anybody named Bosa. Uh, exactly. <laughs> right. exactly. Like, we've seen... I remember that it was a Chargers-Broncos uh, game last year, and it was when Garrett Bowles first got put in the game. And, I mean... The guy's a first-round pick. He's a great player, and he's developed into a good player now. But it was his first NFL snaps, and he was just getting annihilated yeah. by Melvin Ingram and, and Joey Bosa. What what I want to know here is that I, I would say that the window for NFL teams is so small, and I think that this is it for the Vikings. 
in this iteration of them. Yeah. Because the guys they have on defense, they're either going to have to get paid. They already paid Daniel Hunter. They already paid Anthony Barr. They're going to have to pay Harrison Smith, Xavier Rhodes, yada, yada, yada. But Xavier Rhodes, to me, is the guy that has regressed the most on their defense. Mm-hmm. And it's unfortunate. He pulled, he, he, I think he tore his hamstring last year, and he has not been able to recover. He doesn't run like he used to. And if you're a step slow in the so, NFL... Like, like David Johnson, kind of. Absolutely. But okay. guess what? In the NFL, when you're washed, you're washed, man. You don't yeah. come back. Yeah. Usually that's true. I'm just worried about Xavier Rhodes, and... What I'm saying is that Aaron Rodgers, if Xavier Rhodes is not up to par, he's going at him. Just and, going, yeah. And that's where I think without Dalvin Cook and if Xavier Rhodes is not fully healthy, I just think even though the game's in Minnesota, the Packers have an advantage. Minnesota's a four-and-a-half-point favorite for what wow. it's worth. Wow, really? Yep. Even with the running backs? Yep. Wow. Minnesota's playing well. Minnesota's got basically a better defense on the whole than what the Packers have. And... They are better. They have better skill position guys than what the Packers have. So it's there's. Uh, I don't know, man. I'm 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 legit worried about this game. It's Aaron, gonna be great. Aaron gonna Rodgers come over to my house. Gonna, I mean, come on. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, it is two tell Nuwanis, one or two nine ESPN Radio. Okay. Excited to have Keith Jackson with us, former Oklahoma Sooner, nine year NFL veteran, including a Super Bowl champion with the Green Bay Packers, tied in for the Packers. Got 10 touchdowns his final season. How about that? Riding out on top, winning a Super Bowl, retire. Done deal. It's beautiful. We'll talk with Keith Jackson right after this. What we want you to do, though, real quick, we want to make your Christmas break great. Call right now, 329-1899-329-1899. We got a $25 gift card for you to the Lolo Peak Brewery. Down there, you go to Lolo, like a beautiful spot up there on the hill. If you haven't been in there, my goodness, the woodwork in there, what they've done in there, spectacular spot. Great food, the banh mi tacos, chicken sandwiches, and obviously a variety of in-house brews as well for you to sample. 25 bucks to the Lolo Peak Brewery right now, 329-1899. Keith Jackson joining us right after this. Hey, December is winter prep month. The roads, salts, and sands wreak havoc in the paint and finish of your ride. Protect your car or truck from the harsh winter elements by having a premium exterior detail from Shine Auto Detailing. That includes a ceramic coating final finish, which means when spring comes around, you just drive your car through the wash and it'll look like it's been freshly waxed. You won't have any chips, any problems. If you care about your ride, protect it from the winter with Shine Auto Detailing. Also, this week, save $50. You can call right now to schedule or you go online, Shine Auto Detail Net, you get an e-gift card. Listen to this. If you get a $100, $100 gift card, gets you 25 bucks off of the gift card as well. Online, shineautodetailing.net, shineautodetailing.net. Go now. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right, they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. 
Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. All right, we go now to the Rankage Brothers RV phone line, and we welcome in a nine-year NFL veteran, five-time Pro Bowler, a Super Bowl champion, and a uh, two-time All-American in college at Oklahoma, Keith Jackson joining us. Keith, thanks so much for being with us. How are you? Well, I'm doing fine. Thanks for having me on the show. Well, we're certainly- it's good. It's good to be remembered. <laughs> it, it, it is good to be remembered, isn't it? That's uh, that's yeah. part of the deal, isn't it? So that's good. Well, we certainly appreciate you being with us. Uh, you were a first-round draft pick in, in 1988 to the Philadelphia Eagles after an outstanding career at Oklahoma. You know, it's an interesting deal when you wake up on draft day. You don't know where in America you're going to go. You don't necessarily know exactly when it's going to happen. What was it like for you when you remember those days in 1988 to go, Philadelphia, okay, here we go. It was really interesting because my roommate was a guy named Ricky Dixon, but everybody said, every newspaper, every report said that I would be the first player taken out of Oklahoma, and and we were just sitting there waiting for it. But Ricky Dixon ran a 4-3 at the Combine, and and I remember we were roommates. The Cincinnati Bengals took him with the fifth pick, and then I had to sit there and wait for you know several more picks before I've got I've got picked. I uh, had eight more when I got picked at 13 by the Eagles. But I kept thinking to myself, you know, these papers don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> right. Everybody's prognosticating, and nobody really knows, right? They don't know. They don't know. You know, when you run a 4-3, you get picked a little higher. But I guess that's just what happens. <laughs> Those must have been some of the earliest years of the NFL Combine, right? Well, you know, Combine's been around quite some time, but it was, you know, probably mid-time. mid, mid uh, time. You still had to go get the physical and run the 40 and catch some balls. They wanted to see you in person, and they evaluated you and you know, they just come back with the fact of, oh, here's who we're going to take. Buddy Ryan actually walked past me and said, 88, I like you. <laughs> so he didn't say, I'm going to draft you. He just said, I like you. Well, that's probably as big a compliment as Buddy Ryan was prone to hand out, right? Well, uh, hey, hey, then I went to play for him for, for about three years, and that was the biggest compliment I could get. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take us back through your time at Oklahoma. I played for Barry Switzer during a time when oh. Oklahoma was absolutely dominant. I mean, what was it like to be a part of the Sooners program at that point? You know, 42-5-1 and one was the record we had when we were there. Had some great players on that team that, you know, unbelievable defense with uh, guys like uh, uh, Cornelius uh, uh, at Bosworth and and Ricky Dixon and down the line. And so we were very good on defense. Offensively, we could score a lot of points. With started off in the I formation. Mac Brown was the coach. Everybody goes, you went to Oklahoma and they were running the wishbone. No, actually, when I went to Oklahoma, they were in I formation. And Mac Brown was the offense coordinator. So. Uh, we threw the ball down the field a little bit, and then Troy Aikman gets hurt in my second year, and he transfers to UCLA, and then we go back to the wishbone. So uh, initially, I had a really, I had a pro quarterback, a pro style offense, and then we went back to the wishbone. But that that was some great years with some great players, great coach. Barry Swisher is one of the one of the best players coach there is out there. Even players who didn't play for him love Coach Switzer. He's just that type of person. So it was some fun times with some fun people uh, playing some really fun games. You guys crossed paths with one of the most legendary teams in college football history in Miami multiple times. What do you remember about playing against the U? Well, actually, 
uh, there was a guy who was trying to do a little interview talking about the rivalry with Miami, and uh, I corrected him. I said, rivalry means you won every now and then. We never beat Miami, so there wasn't a rivalry. They had <laughs> way more talent than we did. You know, Coach Switzer always said, you know, talent is what wins the game, and Miami was loaded. They had so many first-rounders year after year, and so they were Loaded with talent, and uh, uh, and they just played some great football. I mean, you think you had Vinny Testaverde and Michael Irvin. I mean, if you, you you could just keep naming names for the whole time I'm doing the show, Coulter. Just they had so much talent. We just we played them great. Had a chance to beat him in Oklahoma. Troy Aikman breaks his leg that game. Jerome Brown, who became a friend of mine, actually broke Troy Aikman's leg that game. But they the only place they had issues and was susceptible was in the secondary. And so we were throwing the ball very well against them. Probably would have won the game if Troy would have stayed healthy. But, you know, that's why you play the game. Keith Jackson joining us, a nine-year NFL veteran and an outstanding uh, player both in uh, in college at Oklahoma and the NFL. And, Keith, you get to the league, you spend uh, uh, three, four seasons at, it, with the Eagles, then you go to Miami for a couple, and then you finish up in Green Bay. Now, if I got my timeline correct, does that mean you were Randall Cunningham, Dan Marino, Brett Favre? Was that the uh, the trio that was throwing the football around in the NFL while you were there? Yeah, often my wife always says, uh, "Were well, you that good or you had great quarterbacks? And I, and, I, and I respond by saying, I put two of them and the third one needs to be in the Hall of Fame. I there said, you so go. I think it was me. That's it right. It was me making it happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's, that's, uh, that's, an, that's an amazing group to be with for sure. And you are outstanding yeah. uh, as well, of course, in your own right. But when you go to Green Bay and you're playing with Brett Favre and then you go and you win the Super Bowl, and that's it, right? I mean, you wrote out all. <laughs> On top, uh, as, on top a, 40, as a champion. Uh, yeah, 10 touchdowns, you know, win the Super Bowl, go to the Pro Bowl and just say, okay, it's time to do something else. It's time to make a difference um, in, in, in people's lives. I've had an opportunity for people to make a difference in my life. It's time to turn that next page or go to that next chapter. But Green Bay was phenomenal. I mean, just the people of Green Bay are just Packer fans. I mean, they, from from... Everybody loves the Packers. It's just one thought, being victorious and being a Packer. It's, it's from the bottom bottom up and from the top down. It's just the way it is, and it's just a thought process. And it just was delightful to go to Green Bay and to have a chance to play with great players like Reggie White, who was there also, and, and, and Brett Favre, as you said. You know, having three great quarterbacks, this sure did make you a better receiver. And playing with guys who had the skill – but also the leadership ability. You know, they, they they led in different ways when you talk about Cunningham and Marino and Favre, but Brett Favre definitely had a winning attitude all the time. If he had to do it himself, he'd go out and make a play, and you just – you just kind of gravitated toward uh, his energy and went out and, and won some games. In Green Bay particularly, though, I mean, every Super Bowl is special and great to the fan base and the city and everything, but it had been a long time since Green Bay won a Super Bowl when you guys got it done. What was it like when you went back to Wisconsin and went on the parade and did the whole thing and it's title town again? Well, I actually skipped the parade because it was about 
30 below zero and I went to Hawaii for the Pro Bowl. I just, I just went ahead and went to Hawaii and skipped the race. But I do know they had an open bus and it was extremely cold, but you were warm because you were warm in your heart. Uh, and those fans had been patiently waiting for years uh, for that to, to reoccur. You, you know, you think about Green Bay in the early days, Lombardi days, and how successful they were. And then it, the drop-off uh, where players actually said, hey, we don't want to go to Green Bay. And all of a sudden you get this Favre guy and this Reggie White guy and Mike Holgram. And you start getting Ron Wolf, all those great names that got people excited about Green Bay again. And Bob Harlan, I mean, just just – just created a, a great atmosphere. Now you get guys who go, I want to go to Green Bay to play, even though it's cold, but they realize you can be the best player that uh, when you're at Green Bay because you concentrate on being a team and you concentrate on being uh, uh, taking care of your body and going out and performing. Those years in Philadelphia, the, those Eagles teams, they had such uh, headliner players, including yourself, but also I think that those teams were – Sort of lost in NFL history because they couldn't quite break through. But so many great players like Reggie White, Jerome Brown, guys like that. What do you remember about those times? And what do you remember about playing for Buddy Ryan? Well, you had the gangrene defense. I mean, there's no question. They were they would attack you. They ran the 46 sometime, but uh, you had all those individual players. You named a couple. Clyde Simmons was out there. Eric Allen, I mean, just uh, Byron Evans, just some really good players. Clyde Simmons at the other defense was in a perennial, perennial pro bowler. And so you start talking about defense. Buddy wanted to set the defense first. All right, so so he gets his defense ready to go. He goes out and gets me, and he gets Keith Byers. He has, you know, just some offensive guys um, to go with that. And he walks in, and he said, we're two offensive linemen away from winning the Super Bowl several times. He said, and that's where we are. And they fired him, actually. <laughs> so he never got the two offensive linemen. And one of the offensive linemen he had his eyes on was a guy named Eric Williams that he was going to take in the second round, who ended up being pretty good for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, so, he did. You know, having <laughs> – yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, he did become pretty good. I just yeah, agree he became with pretty good. Yeah. But having those conversations with Buddy and saying, hey, we were really close. But Randall had to run around a lot. He ended up getting hurt because, he, you know, sometimes because of protection. Our offensive line just was not totally there. But if you had that offensive line totally there, you know, you you win some game. You 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 we would hard we were hard to beat anyway. But that would have made the difference. Keith Jackson joining us. And uh, Keith, I know you you talked about hey, you know, after the Super Bowl and the run, you said you know what I think this is good. I think I'm I'm ready to move on and do the next chapter. But you've been up to stuff your whole post football career uh, right up to this day. So tell people what what you're up to now there in Arkansas. You know, I started a charity called Park. It's an acronym. Positive atmosphere reaches kids. Uh, what we do is we attack deficiencies, we raise GPAs, and we send tons of kids off to college. The idea is to take kids who had lower than a 2.0 GPA, put them in a program where we could take their deficiencies and make them strength so that they would be able to go off to college. Typically, that's going to be kids who are from the poor neighborhoods, single-parent homes, and all um, you know all of the statistical stuff that we talk about. We've been able to do that. As a matter of fact, next year we'll be 25 years with kids. So, so that was a passion of mine. Uh, couldn't really play in the NFL at the same time while pursuing the passion. I wanted to be here, wanted to make the difference. And my office is still at Park. 
and I still enjoy going to work every day and still seeing the smiles on the kids' face. And I've been to two graduations in December. We're going to have probably about six of them in, in May of kids who are graduating from college that were part of our program. And we have great partnerships with some of the colleges here in the state as well as the school districts in the state. And we've been able to change kids' lives by making sure they're academic, academically proficient. Man, that's that's amazing. Uh, let me ask you this though, on, on that, like you you've done this a long time now. What is it about? You know, some some guys they get done playing, they don't really know what they want to do. Some guys kind of right. get a little lost because they put it all into football their whole lives. What is it about this that that got your attention and and is now a, a quarter of a century basically that you've been doing this and and are still at it and and loving it. Well, one, first of all, it was a vision from God. I don't know. I don't know if you can retire from something God tells you to do. That's the first thing about it. I think about Rick Warren writing that book, A Purpose Driven Life. I mean, it's a great book. Uh, it came on later after I'd started the program. But the idea is, is when you have purpose, um, it changes your life. It drives you to to be do something bigger than than yourself. Uh, when you think about a lot of guys, especially athletes, when they finish a the game, they have no purpose. They have no no nothing else to move forward to and a lot of them make bad decisions end up with divorces and all those things which is which is kind of a sad deal not everybody but 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 some of them do because they didn't have something that gave them purpose i tell people all the time park has done more for me than I've done for Ed. These kids are remarkable. They come in, you can see where they're struggling, and all of a sudden they turn into heroes. I mean, they go out and make a difference, whether it's in the military, uh, the job they're doing there, These and then a lot of them are becoming social workers. They're out running programs themselves, nurses. You know, we got a, we had a Ph.D., we got a Jewish doctorate. I mean, it's just it has been a phenomenal run, and so that purpose-driven it keeps you coming to work every day. It gives you energy every day. And so I enjoy it. I just traded in my Packers and Eagles and Dolphins for a different team. But this team is uh, going to take me to the finish line. <laughs> Keith, that's fantastic, man. We really appreciate you being with us. Uh, best to you down there and, and to Park and all that you're doing uh, in the Little Rock area and the wider community there. And thanks so much for taking the time with us. All right, Ryan and Coach, y'all stay warm now. We'll, we'll <laughs> do our cold. best. We're going on the parade, Keith. You know, we got the bus <laughs> open and we got the windows down and we're driving around freezing. I've got a friend that's in, in uh, Helena, Montana, and, and his name Reggie Michaels, and he, he calls me all the time and sends me pictures. I go, I'm coming, but it won't be during the wintertime. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. Well, Keith, thanks so much, man. Hey, have a great all day, right. okay? We appreciate it. Okay. Thanks. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do, so I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, 
Visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. 100% there will be snacks. Hello, Montana. I am some woman who lives in the middle of nowhere, Ohio. Can we go skiing yet? You get rid of your family, we could. Done deal. Who would you rather have, Marcus Mariota or Kirk Cousins? I'd rather have you. I mean, get it together. Colter, what do you know about me? The only thing I care about is myself. I care so little that I haven't even looked. Do you know any other Black Crows songs? Yes. Do I? What's your greatest fear? Carrot top. You're hard not to love. Is this the big guy? I'm a fat guy. I'm so great looking, it doesn't matter what I'm doing with what I'm wearing or not. It's going to work. I love the Big Sky Conference. Obviously, I've dedicated basically my whole life to it. I mean, I'm a simple man. i got free cars. There's a lot of really good talkers in the Big Sky Conference. Right? The words are meaningless. Bobby Houck isn't going to say what he's saying with actual words. That was a good win for our team. Beat him with our backup quarterback. Bobby Houck questioning my word. I might have to punch him in the neck. Oh, he just went back to work. I mean, that's what you do. Just filtered six words. Dad, I'm learning French. I was like, that's great. I'm learning how. Because it might all just be pointless. Sometimes you need to have 12,000 miles between you and a person to maintain a relationship. You know what? I'm saying, cool. I don't have any relationships. You wrap in a tortilla, I'm going to be pretty happy. Well, I, I, I think all sorts of you things. You would be eating dinner if you weren't on the show. First right dinner. Coulter, people do care. I had no idea that no one else around us was doing that. I thought everybody was doing it. Well, some teams are losers. I guess my point, I'm not making my point very well. Circle the wagons. Let's get back to brass tacks and do what we do and do it well. If Choate wasn't a head coach, he should have been a, a fight promoter. The mighty Choate, he can sell you oceanfront in Arizona. He is a meandering river. Success has a lot of tests and one of them is failure. You no, know, it is nice to have a Bible that gives you the answers to the test. Don't back a bobcat into the corner. Whoa! Whoa! What is going on here? There's a lot of ways to skin a cat. Keep your questions short and let's go to work. I only see what I want. I love His it. eyes are like the size of saucers because mm-hmm. he's so locked in and focused. Does he have a giant 12 tattooed on his back? My eyes are bleeding by 2 o'clock in the morning. We're ready to go at 6.30 every morning. Oh, glory. Glory, glory, glory be. There's so many different reasons why you're bad. You got to me first. Congratulations. You won the lottery. I mean, I'll do this weird fan thing like you guys. topographical features off in their snow you know, on you turn a set back into a comeback, and I really think that's what we did. At this point, might as well send it. Huh? Man, I killed it this last week. I feel very good about my bad self. Medical school sounds all fine and dandy, and I know I'd probably be a good doctor, but I want to be in for Are you remote starting your car now? I'm never coming back after Kakris. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Man, that's David Graff, baby. Back Great there stuff, getting David. it done. A mashup, a two-minute mashup for the year. That one was enjoyable. There's some great, great drops in that one. Very happy about it. I'm going to have to listen to that and mine that for more material because there's a lot. And that was a that was an action-packed two-minute mashup right there. Boys and girls, been a fun 2019. It ain't over yet. Got one more show for you a week from today, but we are taking Christmas off. Wish you a happy, safe, Merry Christmas. And then we will wish you a happy and safe New Year's next week okay so enjoy that uh we got all the bowls coming to you this week we'll have the national semifinals on uh on uh sat is it saturday on 28th who cares about any of that after the vikings win tonight look at our twitter ryan's aaron Rodgers jersey's getting burned see you monday Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. 
The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz Athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.